Let me start this video about fear with a quote from FDR in his first inauguration in 1933. It might sound familiar to you. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Of course, he was making a political statement, but the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. A lot of people sometimes repeat that or, or believe in that. Let's think about fear. But before we do that, let me just remind you, or I me, mean, I'm not gonna remind, it's the first time I, I say this, but I'll start saying that more often. If you have any questions about anything I said, if it's the first time you hear about Jesus, if you are interested to know more about Jesus or about something I'm saying, please DM me, talk to me, send me an email, call me if you have my number. I will be more than happy to tell you more about Jesus, tell you more about what I'm talking about, tell you more about the Bible or talk and have a discussion if you have questions and stuff. Please do that, okay? I'm always happy. I might seem angry sometimes when I'm making a video. I'm not angry at you, don't worry. I might be, but don't worry. I, I, I love talking to people. <laughs> okay, that didn't go well, did it? Anyway, let's talk about fear. I'm, I'll, I'll get to the Bible in a moment. But first, let's talk about fear from, I don't know. Is fear good? Is it bad? Why do we have fear? If you think about evolution, uh, at least one of the theories of evolution, which is the survival of the fittest, that in a way, I'm, I didn't research much of this part of the video, but bear with me. It basically says that the people or animals who survive are the ones who are more well suited to the environment where they are in. So if you think about that, humans who are afraid of snakes, I mean, think about the past when there were snakes everywhere. Now we live in cities and the, the things that we should fear are different. But in the past, humans were afraid of snakes survive more than the ones who weren't because uh, snakes could kill you, right? Or people who are afraid of heights are not gonna go into a place where they might fall and hurt themselves. People are afraid of going in the ocean if they don't know how to swim. There's a lot of, lots and lots of fears are useful because they keep us safe, right? Some fear is kind of, there's a lot of fear that is also irrational, for example, my mom's uncle, my great uncle, is that what it, probably? He was terrified of planes. He never went on a plane. There was no way you could drag him into a plane. <laughs> no way you could drag him to a plane. He, I don't think he've ever flown, he, I think he did it once and then never again, because he was terrified of planes. Now we can argue if that's rational or irrational because you know the likelihood of you dying in a plane crash is so small and planes are not even flying these days anymore. <laughs> it's so sad, but fear. Is fear good? Is fear bad? I mean, it's good. It keeps us safe and alive, but it can also be bad, I guess, <laughs> right? Let's go to the Bible. What does the Bible say about fear? Well, there's so many passages in the Bible about fear. In fact, fear is one of the words that is used a lot in the Bible. And we're gonna get to that in a moment. But let me just start by reading from 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. That's a popular verse. Everybody loves this verse. It's a very positive verse. People like positive verses in the Bible. But I'm here to bring you all of them. The positive, the negative, the, the in-between. <laughs> says this. 1 John 4, 17 says this. By this is love 
perfected with us. It, okay, let's start with 15. Okay, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is so, also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Some other translations sometimes say perfect love casts away all fear. Right. However, <laughs> if you go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, right in the beginning of Proverbs. Okay, let's find it. Let's find it. I have it all marked over here so I can find it quickly. But you probably know what it says already if you read the Bible. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So on one, one hand, the Bible is saying, on one hand, the Bible is saying, perfect love casts away fear. But it also says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So basically, if you don't have fear of the Lord, there's not even hope for you to have any knowledge or wisdom. In Psalm 111, verse 70, uh, verse 10, sorry, it will say something similar. It says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. And then in Proverbs 14, 27, he says this. And this is just some examples. There's just so many verses in the Bible that talk about fear. 14, 27. Look, I took notes this time. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. That one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. So on one hand, perfect love casts away fear. On the other hand, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a fountain of life. Which is it? <laughs> right? Sounds like a contradiction. Now, some people think that the Bible contradicts itself. That's not true, because God is one, and God is not a human. He doesn't change. Is. His name is I Am. That's the name of God. The God of the Bible, his name is I Am. Yahweh. I Am. Which basically means, it means many things. One of them is I Am. He exists. He's not created. He just exists. He's immutable. All his characteristics are immutable. He's like that before the creation of the world and he'll be there forever. For eternity. That's who God is. So God doesn't change his mind. There's not, a, there's not a God in the Old Testament that is the God of fear and a God in the New Testament is the God of love. That's, that's uh, to use a... I was about to say a word that might not be appropriate, but it's like BS, really. Uh, the Bible doesn't contradict itself because God doesn't contradict himself. He is the same. Today, yesterday, forever. There are things in the Bible, though, that to our tiny little minds made of the dust from the ground, we think we're so smart. But from our tiny little minds, there are things we can't fully understand and grasp. And we're never going to be able to until we get to eternity. And the worst heresies happen when people try to make sense of everything that is in the Bible. Now, this is not the point of this video, what I'm saying. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is there's no contradiction in what the Bible teaches about fear. Absolutely no contradiction. 
I'll show you why. Why don't we go to Jesus? Because, you know, Jesus being the son of God, I think you understand a thing or two about the fear of the Lord and about fear itself. I mean, he's the son of God. The Bible, God is the one who said, fear, <laughs> fear me, you know? Luke chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. I'm probably going to read a little bit more than 4 and 5, but it says this. Jesus said this. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more that they can do. Okay, that sounds pretty bad. Well, of course, there's nothing more they can do. You're dead. Verse 5. But I will warn you whom to fear. Okay, this is the Son of God. We should listen to him. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. So, <laughs> Son of God is saying, fear not. But before he says this, fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Who is the one who has authority to cast anyone into hell? Who can kill both body and soul? There's another, I think this is also repeated in another part of the Bible. Oh gosh, I, where is it? Let me have a look. Let me do a little search. Both body and soul. And I'll find it. I think it's in John, maybe. Ah, there you go. Actually, it's in Matthew. So there you go. Let's go there because it's another, it's, it's repeated again in Matthew. I think it's an important thing if it's repeated in two Gospels. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says this, 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. That's Jesus again. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body, I mean, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is that? That is God, obviously. He's the only one who can destroy both, both body and soul in hell for eternity. Right? Let me go back to my notes, because I actually took notes. Now, it sounds a bit terrifying, and it should be. It really should be terrifying, because the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord. It should be terrifying. Okay? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30 to 31, says this. Hebrews chapter 10, 30 to 31, says this. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There are, in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, the word fear or derivatives of fear which is a yare, I think, appear 435 times. 435 times. And there's a lot of discussion. All the, the words in Hebrew, they all come from roots. They all kind of, they, deriv they become derivatives and they all, the meaning all go back to the root. There's a lot of discussion what the root meaning of uh, yare and then from that, it's a, it's a three, three letter thing. And then from that, there's like, each letter has like different meanings. But, a lot of the meanings related to terror 
tremble, to tremble, to terror, to to being awe in in the awesome, right? A lot of it is from there. And the majority of times, when the word fear in the Old Testament is 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 there, is related to fear of God. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In the New Testament, the word is phobos or phobon. It has derivatives as well. It appears 158 times. That's a lot of times. <laughs> it's a lot of times for the word to appear. And a lot of it is related to the idea of fear from the Old Testament, fear of the Lord. But there's also some new concepts as well. For example, the one I just read in 1 John chapter 4, which is perfect love casts away fear. Because... Not because it's it's a contradiction, but because there's more information after Jesus came, right? This is the deal. What's the point of fear? The point of fear is to keep you alive, right? That's why we fear. We walk in the dark alley at night and we hear something or see something like a shadow. Shoot, our body shoots adrenaline everywhere. We're ready to run. Because we're, I don't know, we never know. It might be the moment when someone might try to kill us. We don't want to die. That's why we fear, because we don't want to die. That's why we don't want to, people have fear of heights. People have fear of, I don't know, you, you go in the water when they can't swim. People have fear of, they have fear of other people. When I go camping, I'm never afraid of animals, at least in Australia. But I'm afraid of other people. I don't, I don't know, who are all the crazy people camping in the middle of nowhere? In Australia, it's probably fine. But in Brazil, you probably don't want to go camping in some dark place. I don't know. We want to stay alive. We want to stay alive. But Jesus, obviously, <laughs> he had a different idea of what that meant. Because the real, the real danger, the real danger is not death in this world. And fear, by the way, fear only exists in this world because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. God created Adam and Eve. He was perfect. There was nothing to fear. There was nothing that could kill them because they had eternal life. They could, they would, they would live forever. <laughs> they were not going to die, but they sinned. They sinned, and God said to them, "The moment you do it, the moment you eat from the fruit of that tree, you will die." And in that moment, death came into the world. All of us were under a curse. We're under a curse, a curse of death. The Bible says that the the wages of sin, the wages of the of sinning against God, doing the wrong thing in the eyes of God, of not being righteous. The ways of that is death. It's just death. So basically everyone is condemned to death. Unless. <laughs> unless Jesus, right? But that's why we fear. But Jesus said, do not fear the one who can kill your body, but fear the one who can kill both your body Destroy, that's the word he used. Destroy both your body and your soul in hell for eternity. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you fear God, you understand that it's a terrible thing. It's a fearful thing. It's a, it's, it's a, what is it? it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. There's only one living God in the world, Yahweh. I am the God of the Bible. All the other gods are just images. They have no power. They are dead. But this God, he is the living God. And he's terrifying. 
if you're not with him, he's terrifying. In hell, we have this wrong idea of hell. <clears throat> Jesus actually spoke of hell more than anyone else in the Bible. So people are like, oh, hell doesn't exist. Hell this, hell that. Jesus, the son of God, the loving one who came, you know, John 3.16. I'll go to that in a moment. He spoke of hell more than anyone else in the Bible. In hell, we have this idea that the demons are going to be like with tridents and be like, ha, ha, ha. No, no, no. No, 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 no. The demons are going to be terrorized by God for eternity. They will be in hell suffering punishment for eternity, suffering God's wrath for eternity together with the ones who reject Jesus. Who is going to be tormenting them, both the demons and the people who reject Jesus? Not the demons. God himself will be in hell tormenting these people and the demons. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He's the only living God. And you don't want to be on his bad side. So Jesus said, don't fear the one who can kill your body, but fear the one who can kill both body and soul, destroy both body and soul in hell. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's how it's not contradictory. It's not contradictory because of John 3.16. Oh, it's a verse. Everybody loves that verse. John 3.16. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus who came and asked, how, what can I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And he's like, what? That makes no sense. Exactly. It makes no sense. You must be born again? What? And then Jesus goes and says, oh, well, the spirit is like the wind. It comes, it goes, it does whatever he wants. If you're born again, you're saved. You're not born again, you're not saved. When you are born, you have no say in you being born or not. Nothing that you can do may make, can make you be born. So you just should uh, hope and pray for God's grace in your life that you can be born again. But as I say this, verse 16, For God so loved the world. We love to, to say that. For God so loved the world. God loves you. By the way, that verse there, that, that the verb there, loved, is in the past. Arist, our, our, Aorist tense, aorist tense, which is like, it's finished, it's completed, it's done. So God loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 is very beautiful as well. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Oh, wow. Jesus is so loving. He didn't come to the world to condemn why are you condemning people? Why are you talking about hell? Well, let's look at verse 18. We love to take things out of context, don't we? Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That's great news. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because of sin. We are all under the curse of sin unless you believe in Jesus. Unless you realize that the living God, that he is actually God. 
and that he sent his only son to die on the cross. So we can be saved. So we can be forgiven. So we can pass from being judged into not being judged. That's why love casts away fear. Because fear has to do with condemnation. Fear has to do with, I don't want to die. Well, guess what? If you reject Jesus, you are dead already. You are already condemned to hell for eternity. But if you believe in Jesus, if you fear God, if you believe in the name of the only Son of God, you have no reason to fear because you're saved. You're not going to have any condemnation. There's no judgment coming on you because you believed in Jesus. That's how it's amazing because I'm not, that's how I know I'm saved. That's how I know I don't have to fear anything because the salvation is not because of me. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. It is finished, he said. It is finished. There's nothing else for me to do. I am saved because I'm born again. In fact, those who are in Jesus already died. They died to this world. This world is nothing. This world will pass away. This world is temporary. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are new creation. We are part of another kingdom, a kingdom that is invisible, a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. We are already dead. Do you understand that? We're already dead. We have nothing to fear in this world. Perfect love casts away fear because there's nothing in this world that can kill us because we are already dead in this world and we are alive in the new kingdom, in the kingdom of God, in the new life that we have in Jesus. <laughs> That's why fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then when you have fear of the Lord, you don't have to fear anymore. Have nothing to fear. Why would you fear? Why would you fear people? Why would you fear governments? Why would you fear persecution? I mean, the disciples of Jesus, they all died, except for John. They all died suffering persecution. And then when they came back, instead of being like, oh, guys, maybe we should tone down our preaching because, you know, it's getting dangerous. No, 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 no. Go read the Bible. They were happy. They were glad that they were persecuted for the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, blessed are you when they persecute you and they lie about you and they do all these things to you because they did that to me. If they did that to Jesus, who is greater than us, why would they not do it to you, who is a disciple of him, who is a servant of him? That's why there's no contradiction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you fear the Lord, you believe in, the, in, his, in his only son, Jesus. And if you believe in his son, you already passed from death to life. You're in another kingdom, a new creation. Everything is gone. Have nothing to fear. You can only have no fear if you fear God. And if you fear God, you should not fear anything else. There's nothing else to fear. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's glorious to know that you're not going to fall into the hands of the living God, but you are going to be with him in paradise one day because you're part of his kingdom. Now, Let's talk a little bit about practicalities of this. I mean, it's all, what I said, it's all very practical, right? But coronavirus, everyone's afraid. I mean, not, not everyone, some people are afraid. But fear is, <laughs> because everyone fears, nobody wants to die. People want to preserve themselves. It's such a powerful thing. Open your eyes. Just open your eyes, please, for, for, open your eyes. It sells news. Fear sells news. You open the news. Oh my gosh, someone died near me. They were murdered. <sighs> Terrifying. You don't want to be murdered. Right? 
that's a terrible thing. Oh my gosh, there was a shark attack. All they was doing was surfing. It was a near miss. Got got a leg eaten. Almost died. Terrifying. Fear sells. All right. <laughs> Fear sells. Because we want to be alive. We want we don't want to die. Unless you're a Christian, you know you're already dead. This world means nothing to you. It's gone. It's past. It's the past. It's everywhere. Coronavirus? Oh my gosh. This I don't know. So many people infected. All these people died. It's more death. It, it, it's it, you're gonna die more than the flu. It's worse than the flu, and it probably is. Oh, oh, death, death, fear. Be afraid. Wear a mask. Do this. Don't go outside. Don't touch things. Don't hug your neighbor. Don't talk to people. You're gonna die. It sells news. Don't be dumb. Don't be a fool. Politics. Oh, politics. Fear is great for politicians. Politicians love fear. They love fear because when people are afraid, they don't question things. They do whatever they say. Oh, well, of course, they care for me. Of course, and some of them do. Some of the governors, uh, kings, but presidents, prime ministers, governors, whatever. Some of them do care for you, but what they really like is power. They all do. They're like, oh, no, but my friend over here. Yeah, maybe there's some people that, okay. Right. But see what happens with people who have unlimited power? How good they turn? You know, like Hitler and, and Mao, Mao Zedong and Pol Pot and Lenin and Stalin. And just think about it. Unlimited power. They're great. They did great things. <laughs> Politicians. They love fear. Wars are great. They always want to go into war. Because, oh, war. We're going to keep you safe. We're fighting this war against this and that and that. Be afraid. If you don't re-elect me or if you don't do this, don't vote vote for me. I will keep you safe. Oh bunch of garbage. <laughs> because if you are a Christian, if you're a true Christian, you're not afraid of anything. Why would you be afraid? Faith without deeds is dead. Do you believe what you what you do you actually believe what you say? Because if you do, you live accordingly. If you fear, mm, mm, sorry, but I'm not really questioning your Christianity, but maybe I am. Now, <laughs> kids, it's, it's amazing how people are instilling fear in kids because of coronavirus. My kids have no idea. They have absolutely no idea. They have some idea, but we don't tell them. We don't talk to them about it. They can't read. We don't watch the news at home. They live their lives as if nothing is happening, and I encourage them to do so. Because why would I instill irrational fear on my children? It's dumb. It's foolishness. And if you're doing it, you're a Christian, you should repent. And you should apologize to your kids. And you should tell them the truth. Anyway, <laughs> I'm doing great, everybody. This is what we should do with our kids. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 to 9. Now, this is a thing to the people of Israel. Okay, so let's not take this out of context. A lot of these things in Deuteronomy are to the, to, to the nation of Israel. They don't apply. It's not, it's not, oh no, but we are chosen people. We are Israel. No, you're not. <laughs> you are adopted into the kingdom of God. But the prophecies for Israel are for Israel. Most of them. Some of them, I guess you could, it depends. 
So here it says, here, O Israel. But we can always learn something from it. So if you take things into context, we can learn something from it. If you take it out of context, you learn the wrong thing and you come up with bad theology. Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today. You go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you, cities great and great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall. Oh no, chapter six. Sorry, <laughs> I was reading chapter nine. It's one to nine. Okay, this is it. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you're going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And by the way, the Lord there is Yahweh, the name of God. Yahweh, Elohim, the Lord is one. I don't know what one is. <laughs> so we'll move on. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's what we should be teaching our children, to fear the Lord, to love Him with all our hearts and soul and mind and strength. Not to fear the world, not to fear a virus, not to fear kingdoms and, and governors and presidents, but to fear the Lord and obey Him and devote your life to Him. It doesn't say here, teach once a week, but all the time. When you get up, when you're walking, when you're eating, when you're going to bed, in your doors, when you're coming in and out, in front of you, between your eyes, teach them, teach them, teach them. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you fear Him, that's when you can listen to the words of Jesus that say, fear not, do not fear. You can only... Those words are only for the people who fear God, not for everybody else. Fear not are only for those who fear God. Thank you for watching this video. I think I'm going to put that in my podcast as well. Carlos reads the Bible. Remember this. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing to not live in fear, to know that you are not gonna be, you're not going to fall in the hands of, of the living God, but you're going to be with him when he judges the nations. That's available to everybody, really. All you have to do is repent and believe and fear him. Carlos Reads the Bible is produced, recorded, edited, and mastered by Carlos Dionisio. Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are from the ESV Bible, the Holy Bible, English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of good news publishers, used by permission, all rights reserved. Carlos Reads the Bible is a non-conforming production, copyright non-conforming 2020.